1st of September, which then means it's the first day of spring. A very happy spring day to you. Welcome to Newsbreak Talk as we bounce straight into a new month with a new, uh, I think, a new growth prospect literally of trying to get you all in gear for a new season and i think a new sustainability going forward for the rest of the year today as we talk about the celebration of the first day of spring a new season and new green possibilities throw our focus through to horticulture which i'm sure many of you are already doing and we've been um, speaking to a lot of people in the community who often tell us that with the growing um, you know, uh, cost of food, they've taken to growing their own crop and they've also started um, cultivating their own um, gardens in an attempt to, I think, offset the economic pressures they face. But at the same time, it's unfolded a whole new basket of uh, possibilities in local communities. So today we're talking about you and your backyard garden, what you grow and the, um, I think the thrill and the experience of, you know, growing your own food, whether you use it just for the table at home or whether you even use it for economic um, prospects in terms of selling, selling it amongst your community. We'd like to talk about what you um, do in the garden and, and we want to share with you some tips and also some of your experiences on how best to go about, um, you know, cultivating the perfect garden. So what we did was we spoke to some community members like 34-year-old Clinton Governor has found his garden growing in more ways than one. For the last few years, his crop of local vegetable has become extremely popular with the residents in the area. They support his small vegetable business, often ensuring that their orders are in uh, first for the delicacies like methi. It was first bush. We started to clean up maintain the soil, uh, get some, uh, we've got a nice uh, water stream where we get clear water filtered. We started to see what the community likes, like uh, lettuce and spinach, chilies, all the main, you know, murti, dania. So uh, we're focusing on those vegetables for them. And uh, once we get the seeds, which the council also helps us with seeds and compost, which is a very big help to us for the plants to grow properly so we maintain it and uh, as you can see here is our table when it's ready the customers that pass by we give them at a very good price to the community as well where it's a win situation all around. What's the inspiration behind this? Honestly it's the gardeners around me because we've got like two gardeners on the left and two on the right and with so big land and people neglecting it and uh, it's not that easy to like uh, get a stable job so why sit around at home and do nothing where we have the land and we can make use of it and we can just trust in god to take us where we want to go and how is the community response being to this fresh vegetables they are happy we've actually formed a very good uh, relationship where certain times uh, for the grandpatients and all we do have a, a relationship where they come and buy from us we note it and when they get money they come and they pay us so uh, we not like need cash right away because uh, the vegetable will dry off if they don't get it as well and how does it sustain you and your family I plan myself and budget myself quite well. I manage to get my stuff what I need for my children and for myself. 
Well, what a great sustainable community project that was. That was Clinton Governor talking about his garden and the great benefits there. Meanwhile, 69-year-old Ganny Mudley's green fingers ensured that whatever he plants grows. His most popular crop is mealies. This vegetable patch is a hobby that Mudley has inherited from his dad. Well, I'm just cleaning and I'm planting my seeds, what I want to plant. This is my garden. I planted mealies here. I'm just cleaning up. See the weeds are growing. Why do you plant millies? For eating, for what? <laughs> what else? And what else do you have here? Well, I just started planting now I, because the rainy season must come, you see. We've got no water here, you see. I just bring some water I got at home, you know, the tank, and I fill and bring it. Just feed what I planted. So what plants have you planted here? Well, I planted uh, millies, I planted lima beans, green beans, I got a little bit of spinach. I still have to plant like tiny beans and bendy, all this. What do you do with the vegetables that you grow? Is it to sustain your family? Well, it's a very big help for us because we eat fresh vegetables. There's no chemical, nothing mixed in it. We take what we want to use and the rest I sell it. And do you have good support from the community who buy from you? Yeah, i got quite a few customers around here only. They buy from me because I give them reasonable price. What inspired you to start this garden? Well, this is my hobby and my exercise. See, I've, I've been three times for an heart surgery and this is keeping me alive. This work at least two hours, three hours and I go home. And how did you get involved in it? Well, I said, now, this is, hey, this is my grandfather's hobby when he was planting and I learned from him and now I, I'm planting. So you have green fingers? Yes, I do. <laughs> See, the rainy season must come now. Next month, I think the rainy season comes, then we plant all our seeds. When you come like uh, December, January, you'll see all the garden, like my garden is green. A hobby turning into helping hands there were, or should I say green fingers. Yanni Mudley there talking about his most popular crop being minis. Well, when we come back, we speak to Enver Bacchus, a, a senior horticulturist at Itagwini Municipality, who's going to explain to us this trend of, uh, well, I don't even think it's a trend if, if, um, if we were to listen to Mr. Mudley there, who's talking about this hobby being passed on from his grandfather, this age-old practice of growing your own crops and and how you can get the best possible results. Stay tuned. It's news break talk with me, Tadej Hadi Prashad, and let's get straight to our conversation. We're very happy to have today joining us in studio Enver Bakas, senior horticulturist at the Itakwini municipality. Mr. Bakas, thanks for your time. Thank you, Tadej. And yeah, we'd like to say a happy spring day to you. And to the listeners, I dare say and I do say. Yeah. Compliments of the season. <laughs> I think this is the most apt time to say it. Yes, and Tarish, uh, before we proceed, yeah. whether it's a transformation agenda or not, people have been mentally colonized to believe that the first of September is the first day of spring. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, why? Why? Why not? Twenty-one September. Yeah, is equinox. Equinox. Mid-spring. Right. So if our seasons are three months, you do the math. Yeah. So it's a one and a half hour uh, months before the 21st of September. Many years ago, Arbor Day was celebrated on the second Friday of August. Right. The first official day of spring was then. Mm -hmm. And I've said, if Durbanites want to know when does spring start, look in the skies for the return of the yellow-billed kite, yeah. which migrates to the northern hemisphere at the end of March. Its return heralds yeah. the first of spring.
So I'm saying to you, get your preparations for spring started second week, August. Oh, absolutely. Well, I think that's the thing is when you talk about uh, this kind of um, issue with the scientists, you're always going to get more than you bargained for. Like I said, I didn't know if it was a transformation agenda now that (laughs) we started to manipulate seasonal cycles by getting influential people to promote the 1st of September. Absolutely. I think I think we're just creatures of habit then and we're always looking for some sort of marketing campaign to take a conversation Exactly. Forward. But nonetheless, very good to have you in studio. Thank you very this. much. And I'm sitting here nodding in the affirmative for two unsung heroes like Clinton yeah. and uh, Moodley. Mr. Moodley. Yeah. I appreciate that they are primary food producers. Right. They are producing food and making it available directly to the secondary food producer, mm-hmm. who's the chef. Yeah. In many instances... The secondary food producer does not even know the source or the origin Mm. of that food that he's preparing for you. And in many instances, the primary uh, food producer, the grower, doesn't know where his food lands up. Absolutely. So I've now got a piece of paper and a pen and I'm going to encourage the listeners just to take down some keywords because by next season, they would have been surfing the net. Yeah. And availing themselves to information on keywords only. Absolutely. Yeah, because that's an interesting point. I think we once did some sort of research where a child said, uh, you, you know, the, the vegetables come from the shop. <laughs> so I think that's the misconception. I want to take it back because we can't call this a trend now, horticulture and growing your own crop, growing your own food. I mean, you know, Mr. Mudi says it's his grandfather's hobby passed down to him. I mean, the indentured laborers came here to do the very thing. Talk to me about that history aspect of growing your own crop. Thank you. The acknowledgements first are my parents both. Mm. One was patient and the other one was passionate. Yeah. And the patients I learned that if you cannot influence the outcome of that which you are not in control of, be patient. Mm. And if you're passionate, like these gentlemen yeah. who are growing their own food, follow it through. Right. So if you want something done properly, you'll do it yourself, yeah. regardless of whether it's 80% or not. These two gentlemen epitomize why the Indians have been brought to this country. Yeah to cultivate the earth. Secondly, apart from the history, every individual owes it to the planet. We supposedly created in some image to be here of the highest order. But what we've done to our planet, we cannot reverse in the short time that we've done it. In the last 50 years, Mm. like I said, we're made to think that today is the first day of spring. Mm. Then when we look at the food producers that arrived here, is responsible for all of us sitting here. Primarily, if you look around you at the dinner table, everything is plant-sourced. Yeah. And when they say they make a living, it's a, it's a very healthy way to earn a living, provided that you're fit. And if you do get in there, know your limitations and your expectations mm-hmm. and start to exercise by enjoying the spade's got no remote control. Yeah. You've got to <laughs> manually handle it. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> like I say, the youngsters of today, they don't have ac- acne and pimples anymore. You show them a spade, they break out in a rash. It's called allergy to work. <laughs> so with all these little anecdotes, we need to start to make gardening fun. Previously, right. it was looked at as a sort of punishment. Mm. If you misbehave, you'll work in the garden for so many hours and, yep. you know, like you grounded, do that. When I say the passion and the patience to know that if you're giving life to something like a seed and it's returning you, 
Then there's photosynthesis. It's what we owe, not Maslow's hierarchy of needs where mm. we know that it's food, shelter, clothing. Plants teach us what, what is adequate and what is sufficient. Yeah. We generally tend to want to strive for enough. Yeah. Enough is equal to glut and greed because there's wastage. When I heard that Clinton says some of it dries up, horticulturists can turn their mistakes into compost, mm. still benefits the next yeah. crop of yeah. plants. The big thing is, listeners, number one, you can't grow your plants if you don't grow your soil. That is, you've got to start ameliorating, conditioning your soil, and that is done with organics. Absolutely. And I think that's the interesting point, Tim Stubach, because, um, you know, you you almost look at it as a biological process. You know, you put in a seed and out comes the crop. Can you culture, Can you influence what comes out of that crop? You know, what can you do to ensure that you get the best possible crop from the soil? That's already been done. The Monsantos of this planet have been responsible for genetically modified organisms. We need to shift away from that. Yeah. Grandmother always harvested sufficient for the table and she allowed the crop to go to seed for next year's crop. Right. That practice is long gone. Yeah. We are food secure, yeah. which means you cross the street, you go to the supermarket or you go to a chain store and you could buy exactly what's... And you made a joke just now. Where does milk come from the fridge? Mm. Where does food come from the shop? The source of, the origin of, if you're in control of, that is called food sovereignty. There won't be a need for food sovereignty in yeah. urban environment because we food secure of what's on the shelf, but we do not know the origin. When it comes to growing your own, start off with, number one, you can't grow your plants if you don't grow your soil. Number two, water. Yeah. It's free, yeah. pure, untainted, unadulterated. As men, we chlorinated, we say it's purified, we charge mm. for it. We have no business using potable or drinking water to grow any plant. So I was quite pleasantly uh, uh, you know, surprised to, to hear that some people have taken this to the next level, taking water off the stream. Yeah. I've yeah. had that complaint for a long why are we drawing water off the dam yeah. when the rivers are flowing freely? Yeah. So if we harvest off the rain water off the roofs, I've said Jojo tanks are useless if they're full when it's raining. Yeah. So know how many square meters you're working with. Harvest all your water. The good thing about water it can be stored in the soil. The good thing about soil it can be built to allow water to be stored. Mm. And then the worst thing about people wanting to irrigate first thing in the morning or just generally just put the hose pipe on a plant sitting in full sun, you shock the plant. Mm. So ideally irrigation yeah. is in the evening when if your soil's at the right condition, the water percolates, it goes to the root zone then that plant is able to take up yeah. the water the following day. But Mr. Barkas, I want to come back to a point. Now we, we're talking about water, but I want to talk about, as you said, um, grow your soil first. How do you do that? What is, the, what is the way? Stop putting all the garden refuse in a green bag and putting it on your verge. Stop throwing stuff out. We say organic waste. I call it wasted organics. Yeah. Everything that comes out of the kitchen, everything that comes, Nothing green should leave the property. Yeah. We fastidiously rake and sweep and then we burn. Yeah. Or we put in a green bag. Yeah. You can make compost in a three-tiered tire stack. If you sweep your yard daily, that dust 
put it in that three-tiered tire stack. Yeah. Make sure the tires are on cement because you don't want worms and stuff creeping through the soil. Then when you rake your yard, which is once a week, throw that in. Inadvertently, you start to build a carbon, nitrogen, carbon, nitrogen layer. When that's reached the top, pull the top tire off, push the second tire across. What's left in the last tire is your compost. Yeah. That's it. We put uh, organic material in a green bag and forget to put it out. Two weeks later, open it. It's compost. Mm. So that's the patience required of building. Soils take thousands of years to form. Mm. gets washed out in 10 minutes of rain. Yeah, That's the starting point. Well, fascinating. And we're talking about how to start your garden and other issues of horticulture. I'd love to hear from you now. And you can give us a call. It's 089-310-8789. We've got Mr. Enver Bacchus in the studio today. And he's giving us some, I think, very important tips on this um, we won't call it the first day of spring on the springtime <laughs> to talk about how uh, best to go about creating your garden. And you can give us a call right now. It's 089-310-8789. The views and opinions expressed on Newsbreak Talk do not represent those of SABC News or Lotus FM. Okay, let's go to the phone line and find out more about what you do to create a garden in your home, how you become your very own horticulturist. Let's talk to Rohini Gavinda. Hello, Rohini. Hi, um, I actually do farming as a passion. Yep. I'm a completely organic farmer. Last year, I was the KZN female farmer, runner up, first runner up of the year. Wow. Okay, um, I teach kids organic farming where everything is recycled. We actually reduce water by mulching the ground, by planting according to the contours of the ground. We make compost, we plant what's seasonal. We also only use um, heirloom seeds, which are expensive to buy initially, but helps us because in the long run, we collect our own seeds. Mm. We, I collect grass cuttings when they're cutting on the side of the freeway for compost, for mulch. Um, I look at my sun factors, my wind factors, I've got, we've been, our school was nominated in 2014 for the best schools garden in the country, and we won first prize 2016, we did the same. So I really think if you're passionate and you carry that forward to whoever, adults or kids, the rewards are endless. Wonderful. You know, Rohini, you say there that you, you know, teach tr young children how to do this in terms of organic farming. What's the interest level like? It's very high. I work with kids from kindergarten right to grade 12. When they know there's gardening, they're literally running down to me. They, they spend their lunch breaks with me in the garden. We have a fruit orchard. We grow carrots, peas, whatever seasonal. They get to take home. We supply our school kitchen with the fresh food. And also the food is then sold so we can actually add on on existing teeth. Um, I think um, that's just fascinating, Rohini, to, to listen to that story. Thank you so much for that. I think it, it really puts a, puts a perspective into it. I think uh, at, at this point, Enver is saying that this is particularly encouraging, isn't it? I'm encouraged. I'm inspired. So yeah. I've now got another hero out there. Big yeah. hugs to you. Yeah. And the only suggestions for your consideration is Google the word slow food. Slow food. And uh, slow food has got three principles. Good, clean, fair. Mm. Good, it invokes 
it starts you salivating, which starts the digest. If you're walking through uh, pathways or shortcuts in the suburbs, the ladies have signature smells or scents to their cooking. That's good. Yeah. Clean, like she says, heirloom seeds, non-genetically modified, mm -hmm. harvest for the next year. And fair, like uh, Clinton was saying, at a good price. So don't don't mutter and grumble to give the grower a yeah. fair price for their hard slog. So under slow foods, it will show you these principles as opposed to fast foods. And Google further and you look for sensory workshops for children where you put something in a box, namely a uh, fruit, yeah. and put their hand in the box or blindfolded and they'll feed it, uh, feel it and then describe it or the scent of a banana and yeah. so on. And then children start to appreciate, yes, that also invokes the senses. Absolutely. Well done. Yeah, a connection there with food. Well, let's go to next caller now, Mr. Louis Pillay on the line. Hello, Mr. Pillay. Good afternoon to you and good afternoon to the guests as well as the listeners. I think you hit the nail on the head. I want to wish you a happy spring day to you and your guests. Thank you. I think, you know, firstly, I want to tell you, well, I haven't got brown fingers or black fingers. I have also <laughs> got green fingers. <laughs> <laughs> to, to put it on, like, I'm not, I'm not so much on the veg, but more on plants. But, you know, I was on SABC, Good Morning South Africa, and the 6 o'clock news with my roses. So that's the size of the I think, you know, we, we, we do what we need and what is easy in the kitchen. So what we need in the kitchen? We need dania, coriander, that is curry leaf, tomatoes, mint, chili, and leti. So if you take coriander or dania, you may call it, you don't plant all one time. You make a row. You plant the first row after two weeks. You plant the second row. After third week, you plant the third row, and you carry on. By the time you come back to the seventh row, your dania in your first row is ready for yeah. the kitchen. Yeah. So, so you do it in that sort of cycle. And then you talk about curry deep, you've got to plant three or four. Another thing for the listeners to know, when you cut tomatoes in the kitchen, you cut it in water. So the seeds will fall into the water when you wash and cut. And you throw that into the ground where your veggie is. Same with your chilies, your ripe chilies. The seeds will fall off. And it's easy. And we're talking about mint. If you plant your mint near your aircon, if you haven't got an aircon water that's dripping, you can plant your mint there. Then I want to tell you something about mercy. Yeah. I actually planted once in my neighbor's garden, but it was vacant. Now we occupied it long ago. Then I planted a bed of mercy, and I printed my name, Louis, on it. Right. And each time I used it, I took the L out and the U out and then the S out. You know, yeah. every week you take, take out that. <laughs> and my, the, my family stopped me doing that. They said, hey, is that your grave? <laughs> <laughs> so, Thank you, Mr. Belay. Yeah. Okay, but I think Methi is one of the fastest than coriander. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah. Louis Methi, everybody. <laughs> Let's go to Selvin quickly. Hello, Selvin. Hi, sir. How are you today? Very well, thanks. Mr. Buckus. Thank you. Thanks to Mr. Buckus. I've learned something about that uh, manure there. I'm going to do that today. Yeah. Uh, myself, uh, well, this is what I've got in my garden. Bananas, granulas, curtains, curry leaves, mint, dania, azaleas, rose, chilies, and uh, 
my neighbors who's listening will burn me out. Yeah. I give them jackfruits from my other garden, yeah. green bananas. But uh, I've got an idea for the listeners. Uh, also, I to the listeners, uh, my gutters don't go into the corporation. My gutters from my roof run into my gardens. Yeah. So whenever it rains, the water goes in there, and I've got Jojos. My grass is as green as ever. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, it's such a beautiful scenario to wake up in the morning with the chirping of the birds. So you've got palm trees with little red fruits. So those seeds fall and they grow. I've got hundreds of palm trees, which I'm distributing to my neighbors. And when you put the palm trees in the yard, it attracts the birds. And when you wake up in the morning, the birds are singing and chirping. So it's so therapeutic. But uh, today I've learned something from Mr. Buckus. But as far as the gardening goes, I'm more on the fruits and the garden side. But I've learned something from Envy and your first listener. Yeah. And uh, that's it. It's uh, good to hear these topics from Lotus. Taresh, keep up the good work. Mr. Buckus, thanks for the idea. And listeners, have a great spring. Thanks so much, Stelvin. Appreciate your call. Well, a lot of suggestions coming through there and I think it, it, it must be very heartening because I know this is your work and this is, you know, ultimately your mandate to to spread that bit of information. But when you hear that South Africans are already lo- doing things like you were saying, they've got, you know, their gut is running to the Jojo tank and they're planting in rows and they know how to create the compost. I mean, it just it's just very encouraging. I am sitting here hoping that the program doesn't end. Yeah. It's raised my levels of understanding that there's people out there I don't think I'd want to be spending any time with anybody else but them and you could hear from the responses those people that take the time in to call all of them are passionate yeah and that's what we need to instill if for example he says he's doing rainwater harvesting there's also grey water that can be used mm. in the garden yeah think about if you rinse a teaspoon or a teacup what happens to that water we go into the shower and let the shower run for the duration mm-hmm. of us occupying that shower. We don't open the tap, wet our bodies, close it, then soap and lather. And that water can also be used. The only water that can be, that should be refused is called black water, that which is flushed down mm-hmm. the toilet. However, when you talk to sustainability now, we start to look at things like biodigesters, where all the waste does not go into the sewer, it goes into an anaerobic tank situated in your backyard. That can provide methane gas for the thermal energy required for which you cook your food. So it's taken a while, but we've redefined and started to understand the principles of listeners. Here's a word for you, agroecology, A-G-R-O-E-C-O-L-O-G-Y. Google that word, understand the principles. Permaculture, we harvest as the main work that we do. The expendable energy in the garden, is it worth going to the stores because of the convenience? Or have you taken in your 300 kilojoules of sustenance for the day that you need to work off? So it's a closed system. What you put into your crops is what you should get out. Now, we've worked in a program on how to grow the most veg in the least space in the shortest time. Yeah. Tell me about that. You know, I think, I think let's, let's take it to the most tangible now, to everybody listening to you right now, quite interested in the conversation. If they decide they want to start a garden patch, you know, what is, we spoke about soil, we spoke about water. You know, what are the tools and how do you go about tangibly creating that garden patch? Unless you take soil samples, all of our soils are by now degraded. Mm-hmm. The organic matter in our soils is less than 7%. You need to strive to get 
the organic or biomass in your soil up to 21%. So I spoke about tires. Where you can't dig, then build upwards. They do that for housing, high-rise. So we put three tires on top of each other. We make our compost heaps in there. Mm-hmm. In the same three tires, you can plant a pocket of potatoes. In the same three tires, you can... So these tires can be moved around yeah. over a period of time. Understand that between 10 o'clock and 2 o'clock is peak sun hours. And how much of how much of sunlight should a plant get on a daily basis? You'll see by the plant itself. Yeah. If you're, The plants love the sun, by the way. Mm. It helps with, you can Google the word, photosynthesis. Mm-hmm. Chlorophyll, the byproduct of photosynthesis, is which every living creature on this planet depends on. Also, because oxygen, carbon dioxide is taken up in that photosynthetic process. How much of sunlight? It depends on the type of day. In season, if your sun angle in winter is at its very steepest versus it's very direct in summer, your crops will show it. So ideally, you'll have your crops growing on the margins or the peripheral areas of your canopies for which maybe your mango trees, your popo trees, your banana trees. And once you have mastered the art of crop location, let that be the crop location. Now I'm going to ask that gardeners in the hood befriend each other. Mm-hmm. While some of them have success with some crop types, yeah. others may have successes with other crop types. How does that happen? What determines that? I've heard this a lot. You know, this this plant is not growing in my yard. And it, you, know, you, you get aunties walking around from neighbors to neighbors asking, please give me a shoot. Um, it's not growing nicely in my yard. How does that happen? North-facing versus south-facing slopes. Orientation or aspect of. In the southern hemisphere, all the north-facing slopes are the driest slopes. And the south-facing slopes are the shaded slopes. In summer, the sun is directly over the equator on the 21st. I spoke about season. Mm. Understand your seasonal cycles. Yeah. Understand the cycles for nature. In the cycles of you will know that the plant's crop life, and these are perennials, are only seasonal. Don't defy nature and try and grow these plants. But with the shrubs that are hardy, once they're established, rigorous pruning, once they finish flower and set fruit, and you've harvested seed, enable. So the biggest part to being successful in gardening, know your plant's characteristics. And back to your question, Orientation and aspect. One of our um, phone-in listeners spoke about know the orientation for where you would put your plant. Some are full sun, some are semi-shade, some yeah. are full shade. Yeah. And look around with those people who have had success. Borrow from them. Yeah. That is why some plants would not grow across the street versus some plant. And Durban undulates extremely. Mm-hmm. You will notice that many of the south-facing slopes lend themselves to large tree types because the soil's much deeper. On the north-facing slopes, many of those properties lend themselves to grasslands. Mm -hmm. Try and emulate what you learn from nature. And for the best results, listeners, take a walk around your neighborhood. Follow those aspects and orientations of slope and see what grows successfully. And you have to befriend a gardener. They're very friendly people. So, you know, I, I think the lesson one can take away f- f- for somebody like myself and you know, a person who's never really um, had my own garden patch, you know, I just try and support the ones at home. But the point is, it's not going to be successful on the first day. You've got to try a couple of times before you get it right. 
Therish, your whole planet is your gardening patch. If you understand what's the global spheres of concern that we have, we've now started to pollute the oceans with plastic. Yeah. That is what you do for gardening. Yeah. Because we were placed here to be custodians of these environments. Listeners, here's another word. Environmental advocacy. To ensure what you do today still enables the planet to provide a habitat for the future generations. Mm -hmm. Social justice. Those people that are denied their rich resources of the planet's wealth. We can feed five times the present population of this planet. Why does half the world starve to death? And the World Health Organization has already informed that the chief cause of malnutritive death, and I didn't think this will happen in my lifetime, is now obesity. Mm. So, how do we take part in ensuring that this environment continues to survive? You must donate your organic material to somebody who can put it to better use rather than send it to the landfill site. Absolutely. is one act of gardening. Uh-huh. Well, I think you can give us a call if you'd like any tips on gardening. We've got horticulturist Enver Bakas joining us today in studio. Give us a call. Let us know your thoughts, any questions, any tips you'd like to ask Enver. We are talking about how to cultivate this um, uh, gardens in your own home space, how to go about understanding your crop and how to, uh, I think, Enver, we must talk again on the economic uh, and the social uh, benefits of doing, doing this. And also, while we're talking a lot about crop and food, we can also talk about about uh, plants and, and, and flowers and um, the pretty aspects of gardening as well. So give us a call, ask your tips. And we're also going to go to WhatsApp just now, 0716137803. You can text us your thoughts as we talk about how best to enjoy the benefits of spring this season. And away we go to the phone lines as you begin to start the change of the new season as you spring into spring. Salim is on the line. Hello, Salim. Hi, hello, Tureshan. Hello to your guests. What a fabulous topic. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. You know, this makes lot of difference because it brings to us mm. what we're really passionate about. Great to hear, Salim. You know, Tureshan, I like planting and I like growing. I do my growing in bags, in little black bags. I buy them from the nursery and I fill them with compost. I make my own compost from all the kitchen, uh, you know, uh, vegetables that they take out. And it works. I've got my green bin there and I put my vegetable there and the compost comes out and I use that to grow. You know, you can grow nearly everything. Your chili, today chilies is so expensive. It's like eight, 50 to 80 rand a kilo. Your chilies can be grown into the bag. Your beans, your double beans, you know, all the only problem we have is the monkeys. You've got to grow them into a cage or net it up so that the monkeys can't get in. But all your herbs, your dania, pudina, whatever, it grows so well. My my celery, my thymes, my you know all my 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 herbs. I get them fresh from the garden. My shallot. Whenever it is cooking to be done, we go to the garden and get our herbs, and it really sparkles. The food it gives us such an aroma, and you know fresh herbs give such a distinct you know distinctive taste to the food. Yeah. There's nothing better than growing your own vegetables. Yeah. How much of time does it take you, Salim, to ma- make sure you take care of all these herbs and plants? Taresh, to be honest, it doesn't take much of a time. For a week, it's like 15 minutes just doing the weeding. So, you know, you, you water about three three times a week, you know. And my, 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 my fertilizer, I don't buy fertilizer. I mm. got a worm that I bought. I put them into my, my, my bin. I feed them with greens, 
and it gives it secretes that the, the so-called juice, you know, the remedy. And I put that into the plant, and there's no fertilizers actually being used. So everything I do, I try to keep it natural. But the food, when it comes to, to you know, from the herbs, is phenomenal. Yeah. The beans, the peas, you know, your kerala, you name your vegetable. Our ground is so good. Our ground is so fertile. You know, if you look at the farms, yeah, you know, anything can grow in, 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 our, in our land. And one thing I can assure people, if they learn to do planting and they look after that, they will never be poor because yeah. you can make money with food. Wonderful. Salim, what an, what an energetic call there. Thanks so much for that. We really appreciate it. Suresh on the line. Hello, Suresh. Hello, Taresh. Hi. Okay. The golden rule in my house is yeah. I dig a hole in my back garden. My wife cleaned the potatoes, onions, tomatoes, whatever it is. And plus, I smoke the packet of cigarettes. The empty packet goes into that hole, what I have dug in the garden. I keep filling it. I've been doing it for the last 20 years. Where I'm staying, there was shale. Today, there is no shale. And I've, I've got the leeches too. When I look at it, ooh, the amount of flowers. The avocado tree, so much of flowers. And if I have to turn the soil to fresh, there's only worms. Most of it is earthworms. Yeah. Because my soil is so rich. And my biggest enemy is plastic. Mm. I take plastic. Tell my wife, plastic goes in the bin. Yeah. Doesn't go in the ground. And then as soon as the thing is full, I dig another hole. Carry on filling there. And I got dull beans, kerala, whatever you want, the tiny beans, shallot, thyme, everything is growing so well in my garden. Amazing. Thanks so much, Suresh, for sharing those tips with us. There you go. You keep that compost um, spot and you just keep on filling it up and you get lush soil from then on. We've got uh, Ed on the line. Hello, Ed. Hi there. Uh, I just want to say thank you for a very interesting and informative program. No problem. I just want to know if we can uh, uh, use the water from the washing machine. You know the water that we get after wa- washing the clothes? Can mm. we use it for vegetables? Mm, wonderful. Okay, keep listening, Ed. We're going to answer that question. We'll ask Enver what his thoughts are on that. Mia is on the line. Hello, Mia. Hi, Tarish. What a beautiful program instead of having all the other programs on crime and statistics <laughs> and things. Trying to, I'm trying to mix it up like program. a garden patch. <laughs> really, for September, oh, you really should get an, a praise for that. <laughs> Thanks, Mia. Anyway, anyway, and Mr. Buckus, what a lovely person to come on. Beautiful. I come from a farm, mm. and I've always, my parents always grew things, and it just got into us. The only thing that I have learned lately is the the tea bags and the eggshells yeah. that I have tried and put on to my plants, starting from all the condiments that I, even if I have to cook a pot of stew, I take the, uh, um, the thyme, everything from the garden. People wonder, oh, why is your food so different? Yeah. Everything is so fresh. And it makes a difference, does it? You know, is, is it different from what you buy in the what store? What a big difference. Even if you're making your own pizzas, I got all the condiments from the garden. But the only thing that mm. that that has really beat me, my dad gave me a leaky plant about 
10 years ago. Yeah. And it is not bearing at all. Right. Is it something to do? They say, oh, it's a male plant or it's a female plant. And then also the popo, they say, oh, no, that's a male popo. That's the only thing. But, Teresh, I really thank you so wonderful for this beautiful, beautiful program. I wish you would have more things educating us. And the only thing, I just put the program on now. Yeah. I didn't hear him say anything in the beginning. You're talking about the compost. What did he mean? Would he repeat that about okay. the grass or something? Yeah. Because I just put the yeah. radio on now. Sure, we'll ask him here. Yeah, you keep listening. We're going to ask him again to reiterate on how best to create compost. Logani is on the line. Hello, Logani. Hi, good afternoon. Uh, I'm actually, I actually belong to the Mahikari organization where we have learned that we can radiate positive energy from the palms of our hands. And now I've seen my garden blooming. In the, although in the past it used to grow, but uh, I wasn't really interested until I realized that that's how I can sustain the, the neighborhood. And I'm actually opening a crash now and, plant, and started a garden so that the children know that they'll never go hungry in our area. I live in Duff's Road. Mm. Amazing, Logani. I think there you go. I mean, it's not just about feeding your own home. It's about, you know, how best the earth can sustain um, other children of mother nature thanks so much logni for thank you so much for Bye contributing bye. we appreciate it lots to talk about enver i mean you are you put your glasses on and all of that now you're beaming <laughs> no interesting but i think quickly to the to whatsapp just to to get it all out there and then we'll take it one by one uh belinda sent us some amazing videos of her methi bhaji uh patch and she says i don't have much space so i plant in my pots i'm really enjoying the the, the tips and the topic and we've got um, Jay would like to know, please advise me on growing my curry leaf tree. It's 25 years old. It's thin and few leaves. I pour water daily, put manure and pour fish water as well. So tips on that curry leaf tree. Um, we've got more. Okay, we got more messages coming through. Thanks for the great show. I come from a family of farmers and growing up, I love planting. There was a time I used to plant and sell my stuff, but I feel so sad. <laughs> well, the monkeys destroy everything. I also make my own compost, promises and I do. Yeah, we're talking about monkeys. Uh, another great picture. Wow, I've got a picture from Mrs. Naidu in Johannesburg. I'm just trying to open it up here. Uh, I'm seeing chilies. I'm seeing chilies. I'm seeing cherry tomatoes. I'm seeing jalapenos even. Amazing fresh produce. So much. All of these. Wow, wonderful. Thanks for sharing that with us, Mrs. Nadia. I wish WhatsApp worked on like a virtual transmissions where I could actually get those jalapenos to taste. So um, how to make good household compost. Everybody's talking about that, Enver. And we've got lots to talk about, but let's go there again. How to make good household compost. Everybody's asking. Like I said at the beginning of the show, compliments of the season. And now that we know spring is here, everyone's full of compliments. <laughs> yeah. So thank you very much. And then what I found in common with all the callers in is that they have an extreme passion for what they do. And that yeah. is invoked by being at one with your plants and Absolutely. nature. And that's the first thing you said when you started speaking. It's passion, passion and patience. Yeah. Patience to know that compost, good compost, yeah takes time yeah nothing goes to waste don't say organic waste say wasted yeah. organics yeah i'll go back to the three tire method 
Yeah. Three tires in a stack. Right. As you sweep the dirt from around your property, throw it in there. Level it off. Make sure the tires are sitting on cement. We don't want worms to be migrating in and out. Secondly, when you rake your yard, that's green stuff when you cut the vegetable matter and peelings and clippings from the kitchen. Lay it in there. And gradually you'll see dry green, dry green start to sandwich itself. When you reach the top of your three tires, run the first tire off and the debris with it to take the first part on the ground, move the second tire over or across, that becomes, and then what's left in the third tire, the one that's originally on the ground, is your compost. Mm. I say one-third compost to each part of soil that you are preparing for your plants. Many of us have poor soil. You heard one of the listeners say that over a period of time, the shale has now become very... That, listeners, is the transformation agenda. Mm. Not getting us to believe that today is the first day of spring. Yeah, yeah. Constantly over time. What's between compost and fertilizer? Fertilizer is synthetic. Yeah. It's made up of a lot of inert stuff. So we try and say to ourselves, in that bag of fertilizer, and you'll see it's written in a, a numerical configuration, five, colon, mm. one, colon, five. That's nitrogen, potassium and phosphorus. The nitrogen is the the part of the fertilizer that helps you with greening or, or foliage growth. The second part, the, the potassium, is for root development. And the third part, the K, the potassium part, is for flowering and fruiting. Yeah. Your compost has all those natural elements. Now, when we look at some of the listeners say that they have problems with their plants, What you don't see is what we take for granted, listeners. It's the roots. Roots are out of sight. Hence, roots are out of mind. So I'd say to you, each one of you, arm yourself with a length of angle iron sharpened off at one end. Mm. Minimum length, 75 centimeters. Calibrated for yourself in five centimeter calibration. 30 centimeters is pretty shallow soil. You want the best You want that probe to go down to 60 centimeters just by pushing it into the ground. Only when your soil is cultivated to that depth with a 21% or a maximum of 30% organic material, you will be able to sustain, and this is guaranteed, any crop provided you don't set foot on that part where you're planting. What about some of the queries we've got um, using the water from your washing machine? How technology has allowed us to go and press a button and your laundry gets done. Have you watched the washing machine cycle? (laughs) First the soap, right? And then it agitates the clothes and it rinses that out. Then it goes into a fantastic rinse cycle. By the time your clothes are coming out of that machine, the water's clean. So why not? Because if I say you can use the water off a shower, certainly harvest the washing machine water into a drum. Now, there's certain modifications required for this drum. If you lay it with chippings of stone sand, it enables the separation of that soap or detergent sediment. By the time it comes out at the bottom of that drum, it's ready to go into the soil. The soil then enables further filtration. The plants don't want water. They want soil moisture. The roots are so microscopic that the tiny root hairs 
barely able to be seen by the eye, is that part which absorbs soil moisture and only takes it up when the plant needs to. You will see from your water what your plant's conditions are like. So that probe enables you, you can stick your finger into the ground. If it comes out with soil granules, Mm. soil moisture, tick. If it comes out with nothing on it, soil moisture, poor. Hence I say again, irrigate at night or just before sunset. Allow that to percolate and penetrate to root depth level. Not in the morning when we feel like. And if you're using a watering can, listeners, invert the rows so that water doesn't come out of the spout and fall directly onto the ground. Let the water come out the spout, go upwards and fall like rain. So as much as you can emulate the way rain falls. And rain doesn't fall on a sunny day. It clouds over, the plants cool yeah, down, yeah. and when well, like the plants said, are ready, then you water. You can't shock the plant by you giving it sunlight and then a burst. The, que- the query about uh, curry leaves and how to go about, uh, you know, helping it, helping this person cultivate better curry leaves. He didn't answer whether he was successful, but he said he's had it for 25 years. Mm. Now, let's just ponder that and say, yes, he may have been successful, or there may have been some construction that cut off the groundwater table. Or the soil may have lost its efficiency and its nutrients over a period of time. Hence, I'm repeating, go back to the amelioration and the reconditioning of that soil by lightly cultivating it, putting in some compost. And compost, tea, vermicompost, you heard about the worms. If you collect chicken manure and put it into a bag, a hessian bag, and keep filling it, it's like a tea bag. We call it compost tea. The same with cow dung. Over a period of time. What should you not put in compost? If you've got worms, onions, citrus, chilies. But compost can even take <coughs> bone because bone meal is a nutrient. It could even have uh, some of the, the fish uh, refuse because mm-hmm. that is what is used to enable a fish meal uh, component or content to the soil. Mm-hmm. What can't you put in compost is plastic. You yeah. heard there's, yeah. a, there's a serious... Um, report back about i hate plastic yeah we should all hate plastic yeah. really are we living in a plastic planet mm. seems so <laughs> what about the issue we had i think mia was talking about her i think the purple tree and the leafy tree not growing male or female i didn't, i i'm not that advanced <laughs> yes certain trees have uh, uh certain sexes so you've yeah. got to have trees the rule of thumb would be to plant in threes five sevens yeah to ensure that you have either male female in the same proximity know this Once a plant's flowers, it's got to be pollinated. Only when the flower is, it's a little bit of a botany thing. eh? When when the flower is pollinated, then it will close up and then it will set fruit. Mm. Hence, it will set seed. So, learn this. If you've chanced upon a classic popo, take the seed, like the seed, dry the seed out, sow the seed not very um, rule of thumb so your seeds as deep as they are large and as fresh as possible once they germinated uh, some listeners will grow these in bag because of limitations in the property plants generally do not like living in bags hence know exactly what capacity root requirements a plant needs yeah work on that so ideally the three tires or a 20 liter drum starts to work best 
the three liter bags are for those perennial crops like the coriander and the myrtle. Yeah. The larger plants, know too that the height of the plant will tell you or determine what the root depth requirements are. So the other part is walk around your neighborhood, check if there's another plant like it that's successful, learn the tricks of the trade from that person who's had the success and that proximity or relatively relativity to where your garden is will then be the measure of success yeah. well Enver Bacchus I think it's been an insightful time you've really you've really planted a lot of seeds in the minds of everybody listening to you right now myself included I think I'm going to spend a bit more time in the garden and not just wait at the table for it to come to me I want to talk about a very important point that has come through now on the socio-economic viability aspect of planting your own food. I mean, you know, uh, um, Salim mentioned it's about 70 rand a kilo for chilies, but he grows, grows it himself and he's saving 70 rand. How important is that taking South Africa's current climate into account? Healthy, economically, healthy ecologically, and healthy personally. There is no secondary therapy to gardening. How important Explain is gardening? Explain that to me. I hear that a lot about the amount of joy people get from gardening. Gardening is also convalescing, eh? apart from a be- giving you joy. When people say, I have a beautiful garden, it's not just the pretty flowers. Go into your garden. If your garden is not ecologically sterile, by that I mean if it doesn't have exotic plants that don't host what natural organisms we have, like yeah. butterflies and bees, start to think how healthy is your garden if it's sterile? Are you providing ecological and environmental goods and services from where that green oasis that you call your garden is? Yeah. Number one, lawns are ecologically sterile, high maintenance, high input, many people with hose pipes, and of course, weeding and fertilizing. Turn that into your yeah. food garden. And, and well, the we've, first we've, meal... We've grown out of time here. It's <laughs> 2 o'clock now and we have still so much to talk about. But a very quick one that has come through for us to end, Enver, very quickly. Rishkal asks, is it true that planting within precast flower pots and concrete and brick to raise garden beds is unhealthy as the precast uh, gives off an acid? You'd yes ha- or no? The cumulative effect, you'd have to have like 100 pots per 100 pots or many million pots per many million for us to have those effects. There are much more dangerous things in those pre-packed foods on the shelf. Mm. I'm serious. If you don't, yeah. alphanumerical food and ingredient descriptions on food, yeah. it doesn't describe anything. So you say it's okay to use it's those for now? It's fine. Really it is. Well, Enver, I think off time we outgrew our crop here. So thank you very much for your time and we must have you thank in you studio listeners. again. Thank yep. you. And we didn't get to the monkey story yet. Don't worry, they are your branch managers. We didn't <laughs> talk about monkeys yet. Well, the broadcast came courtesy of the team executive producer Selma Patel and Rachel Vadi. Back between one and two tomorrow. From me, Tadeesh, hey, have an awesome day.